You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, step right up and come take a look at the one and only good Disney Plus movie! (laughs) Very good. So he must be talking about the one and only Ivan. This is a film about a silverback gorilla who performs at a shopping mall named aptly The Big Top. Around him, a dog named Bob... Even though dogs don't have names, that's a plot point. Uh, Rabbit, chicken, there's a baseball playing chicken, yes. a um, uh, Oh, elephant, there's the elephant. You always got to have an elephant when you have a big top. And all these animals are led and performed by Mac, played by Brian Cranston. Working under Mac is... I believe just the high maintenance guy with his daughter Julia who connects with the animals and perhaps they learn to connect with the world through the eye of an artist. And Ivan, Stella, and a new baby elephant named Ruby are about to discover that the greatest performance of all is being yourself. But let's talk about more of that. Uh, as you heard earlier, Davy's here with me. Hello. And we also got Jenna Fur. Hey, hey, hey. And Luane. Hey. So this is a very charming film. And I think all the vocal performances, even the ones that are only here to, you know, do the hashtag, oh, no, he didn't. Let's get a tagline going kind of thing, are very well done. What did you guys think of the overall cast? I was excited to see Philippa Sue in something. I've been going down the dark and twisty rabbit hole that is Hamilton recently, so seeing her pop up in this made me really happy. Get that work, girl. You get it. Yeah, you get that job. Philippa Sue playing Thelma, which I believe was the parrot? Yes. Yes. All right. Who did not get to sing. I was waiting for a musical number the whole time. I was waiting for it. She would have killed it. And I think Sam Rockwell's trained in singing as well, classically, if I'm not mistaken. I remember someone telling me he was a triple threat. So a little disappointed there wasn't a big musical number. But Davey, you were saying. Oh, now I'm just thinking about how much I would have, like, I already liked Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, but now I just wish that he would have broken into song at the end. I was a racist, but now I'm a little bit less racist. And I think that would have been funny. (laughs) All right, the hit Broadway musical coming up next summer. (laughs) <laughs> I was racist, yeah. I replaced my hatred for other men with a general hatred for everything. Something like that. That's just the South Park musical. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Luane, <laughs> what do you think of these performers? Uh, the performers are good. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that um, 
I mean, you have all these these award winners and nominees like Rockwell and Cranston and and uh, Angelina Jolie, who's also producing, um, and Helen Mirren and Danny DeVito and all these. And then the um, the chicken that you were talking about is Shaka Khan, which I thought was an odd casting choice out of nowhere. I about lost it I mean, when I saw it was her. Lost it. And, you know, hooray, speaking of get some work, girl. But it was just like, wait, what? Everybody's on this movie. Everybody. Yeah. We all know that the world of voice acting is about five people working in a closet somewhere, and that's it. But they're all in this film, all of them. Yep, all in it together, yeah. So, story-wise, we got Ivan, main attraction, big gorilla, scary silverback. His act is to scare people, and because sometimes it's fun to be scared, as the little pony once said. Now, Stella, the elephant in the act, she gets a little sick, and they're a little concerned. People aren't showing up like they used to, so that's when we get baby Ruby, a little pachyderm to lighten up the crowd and spread joy all around. She's adorably voiced by Brooklyn Price, uh, Brooklyn Prince. Uh, actually, one of my favorite performances in this. I have kids myself, and she nailed it. Yeah. Which is kind of silly sounding, because she is a child. She should know how to play a child, right? But what did you think? But no, she's she's got it all. All You know, the, the constant questions, the can you tell me a story, the, the no, I'm not ready for bed, or hey, are you asleep? Yeah, you know it. Yeah, it's all there. Just the overall reactions to something, like when an adult says something trying to be serious, and the kid does the. <laughs> that's funny, you know. Oh, uh, so I fell in love with this Ruby performance, and I think that alone makes this a must-see, especially for uh, the family crowd. Now, not going to give any spoilers, but Disney does what Disney does best in this movie, and has the non-starter conversation moments. Where, if you're a parent like me, you can sit the can sit the kids down, get some milk and cookies, and have a very serious conversation about one of the heavy themes in this. Or it's also filmed in a way where you don't have to have that, and you can say, "Oh, well, that animal just moved to a different circus," because it's very, you know, sleight of hand the way Disney <laughs> shoots a lot of these seats and this film especially you guys think i'm being a little harsh or do you think that was a good way to portray we'll say the theme of when someone dies i i completely agree with you um the thing that i like the most about this movie is that it very much felt like original disney like it felt the same way that i feel rewatching those animated classics and that it is serious and it is sad and it deals with those things honestly and there are even a few things near the end of the film where your allegiances mm -hmm. and loyalties get a little bit questioned and i really i really appreciate it and really was kind of drawn to that um and yeah i think the sleight of hand is somewhat necessary for the film like a lot of the Disney classics, to do what they do best, which is make a film that people can grow up with. Like, you can watch this movie as a five-year-old and say, ooh, funny animals, isn't that so cute? And then five, ten years later, you're watching it for nostalgic reasons, and you say, oh, wait, this, this taught me stuff. This taught me about loss, and this taught me about having to decide what to do with your life and that taught me about all these things and I didn't even realize that it was doing that. I 
I agree with your with your description, but I think that's a stark positive a good for the thing. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really like the way you put that together. Luane, please, yes. Well, I mean, I we we have at least I certainly have over the course of my life used the term Disney, you know, Disneying something or Disneyfying something. Yeah. Where you take something and make it if either more accessible to children or just sillier or or whatever. And that's what I thought when I was watching this. This is absolutely a Disney movie in that it takes some pretty serious stuff and kind of makes it more palatable because, I mean, we talk about the loss because there's, you know, inevitably when you're dealing with animals in a story like this, there is, there is death and there, but there's a bigger issue about animals and how they're treated and how they're expected to live that also gets dealt with in this but in a Disney way so that it's not really as terrifying or frankly, frankly as sickening as it could be. Um, so I think, yeah, it's definitely, a, it's a Disney movie in, in how it handles all of this. And I, th- I think that mostly works to its benefit because I don't know how I would have a conversation about, no, really, he likes to be living there. Really, he does. It's comfortable on the concrete, you know, that sort of stuff. No, absolutely. (laughs) That is a tough conversation because you don't want to turn your children against zoos because zoo is like a fantastic museum where you can learn about animals up close. However, zoo conditions do need to meet the standards towards what I think this movie is saying they need to meet. So yeah, being kind of a hypocrite like now, support your zoos, but only if they're ethical and provide a real living environment for the animals. And that's an interesting thing about this film. I'm going to put the pressure on Jennifer now and say, when the theme comes up, animals shouldn't live in cages. Unless the cages are a little bigger. Like, do you agree? Right. Or do you think that was a weird message? Or how did you feel about that? That it, That's an interesting question that I'm going to take from a different angle, I think. The question okay. for me of this film really was, what is the angle? What is the message that they're trying to tell? Because it... It seemed for a certain part of the movie that the message was one thing. You know, the story of animals don't belong in cages and that's something that we should be addressing. And then there was also the element of here we have a creature who's been conditioned throughout his life to live it a certain way and has kind of forgotten his roots and and forgotten the things that made him him that he enjoyed so much, which was, you know, the, the plot point I won't reveal now, but... No, actually, they, they bring it up in the trailer, so that's fine. Um, the, the art aspect of that being what drives him was a facet. So I felt like the message got a little convoluted for me in the what is, it, what is it exactly that they were trying to say? Was it a big statement about cages not being good for animals or was it more be yourself and creativity? I was, I was a little confused by it, especially because of the, the resolution of the film being what it is where things end up it it really makes you wonder what they're what message they're trying to say about zoos and things like that i actually had the the moment at the end there's a a tree that reminds me of the tree from what is the the disney park aspect with the 
it's like the enchanted kingdom or the the natural kingdom part where it's all about animals and wildlife and the outdoors and i think it's representative of a gigantic tree and i had the thought of oh is that where they're going with this like does he end up at disney is he in a disney park now is that where we're going with this so it that that was genuinely that shot i thought that was establishment of this grand tree that's kind of the design and i was like oh that's where they're going oh no 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 he's in a big he's in a thing now and it, it was kind of this like very um what am i thinking of like a jurassic park reveal of the big pan yeah. shot of them and all the animals but i don't know i i felt like this missed a bit of the resolution point for me everything's going really well there's a turning point and then it ends and i i really feel like i wanted a more concrete statement if you're going to make a statement make it so that we get it and we understand it and we're clear on what it is and i i think i kind of wanted more from it out of that I think that's a side effect of the Disneying of it too, because it 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 is it it's it is sort of vague about that because it also brings up this thing about being who you are or being yourself because when he's talking about his past, you know, back when he was still in the Congo, about the difference between him and all of the other gorillas or what was expected of a gorilla like him. And that sort of comes up near the end, but it also sort of goes away. Absolutely. And there's also the the statement that they battle with throughout the film of humans and their role with animals. Are humans benevolent caretakers? Are they selfish opportunists? Is there something in between that balances them? Um, and I mean, the main the main character that's a human in the film, other than the little girl, is this guy who has essentially raised this creature from the time he was a baby and has done his best to take care of him i mean to the detriment of his own family but then at certain points it also seems like he is being an opportunist and he is just looking out for exploiting these animals and making them do what he wants them to do so it's it's this fine line of is the message that everybody's flawed and everybody is inherently a little opportunistic but a little little benevolent or was it a missed opportunity that they should have hit harder I don't know. I I felt a lot of conflict in which way the story needed to be told. I don't know if anybody else felt that way about it. No, I I, I agree with you, and I think that one that's one of the problems you run into because you have to think about the audience for this movie, depending on their ages, are going to understand some of this differently, and I think that maybe part of the reason it's so muddled is that they've got this this pretty wide spread of understanding that they've got to try and get across, you know, like is your seven year old going to get the complex things that you're talking about? And, and one of the things tangentially connected to that is the age of the audience in this. If you have smaller kids, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be that interested in this movie. There's long periods where there's not a lot going on. And you can't really rely just on a ha ha funny animals because sometimes they're the animals are literally just talking. They're just sitting and having conversations, you know, like we had our, our 12 year old watched it and she thought it was fine. But I thought, you know, if you were a couple years younger, you're going to be like, okay, are they going to do anything? That's valid. I kind, no. of, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, obviously I'm coming from it as a 22 year old. Um, and also, as I'm sure everyone could presume, I was a very precocious child. And when I was a kid, like, I would really, I mean, past the age of, like, I don't know, like, 10 or so, 
or maybe even a little bit earlier, I really liked things that didn't try and go funny haha like directly in my face. I think be I think the oh the animals are talking aspect and the fact that it is only like 93 minutes long can sustain children, maybe not young young kids, but around like the the pre preteen age. I feel like that there could be something that young audiences could really latch on to. I I agree with you in that. Yeah, and regarding the message while I agree that it is a little muddled, I think, well, first off, I think a lot of that comes down to Brian Cranston's performance, because he's really, really good at being a conflicted character, almost a little too good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. But there's a moment, there's a moment uh, a little past the halfway point where some of the animals see past the parking lot of the shopping mall, and they're expecting oh, it's going to be forest, and it's going to be nature, and it's just another parking lot. And I think that kind of... <laughs> and and that, was a re- that, was, that was my favorite moment of the movie, and it was a really powerful moment for me, because I, I saw that as like, wow, there's... It, and it seems kind of defeatist for a movie ostensibly aimed at children, but I kind of got a general idea of, like, you gotta take what you can get. You gotta find your place in this constantly changing and confused ecosystem and i think that goes for ivan for ruby for brian cranston's character who i cannot remember the name of right now but i think that's that was kind mac. of mac yeah. yeah mac but i think that's kind of what it's all what all of the characters are looking for with their arcs is you got to find you can't just be yourself because if you are just yourself and you are completely unabashed poachers might come and kill your family and then you have to live with walter white um, and that sucks. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. And I think it's done in a way that not every child is going to really connect with it, but I think some, some might. It's similar to the Pete's Dragon remake that Disney did a couple years ago. That is a very thematically rich and interesting film. And this isn't as good as that film, but it feels it's one of the few Disney films coming out nowadays that I did not feel talked down to, and I saw myself as a young, as a young boy, as a young lover of movies, going, "Oh, this is one of the good ones. This is one of the ones that treats me like an intelligent person, probably more intelligent than I deserve to be treated at this age." And that's a really cool thing. I really, I really, I don't know. I really, really like this movie way more than I thought I would. All right. Well, Luane, why don't you start with our final thoughts? Um, well, I think this movie's fine. I don't, I don't know that for me it would be a new classic. Um, and we've kind of poked at some things that maybe we'd have done differently, but overall, it's fine. It's a satisfactory movie. Um, I don't. I think your, you know, your kids will like it. Your, you know, adults will like it. It's. It's really, for me, kind of middle of the road. It's about a three out of five uh, jars of finger paint. Yeah, very good. Jennifer? I think what gets me about this movie is that it it seems to be a few of the plot points from a bunch of different 
Disney movies that were successful. Like the the humor and the slapstick and the escapism of Madagascar and the conflict of the animal kingdom versus the human world from a film like A Mighty Joe Young. That it, it started to pull elements of those different projects, but it didn't really see them through to fruition. Honestly, I could have dealt with this movie being an extra 30, 45 minutes if it would have meant we got more of the main character learning about himself and embracing his art and then seeing the response of the humans to that art. I mean, we get, he goes from nothing to hands in the finger paints to the news reporters brought over to he's being freed the next day. It's a very, like a very quick thing. And I really just wish they had slowed down and trusted their own storytelling ability and gone further with it. Um, that said, the things I did love about it I love the genuineness of the little girl. I mean, she's the one person in this situation who gets the whole picture. She sees everybody for exactly who they are. She sees the truth of them. She sees the the art and the whimsy. I mean, she's the strong she's stronger than her dad in the way that she's handling things that are happening with her mom. Like she's just this beautiful character and I I really loved the way that they allowed her to develop the story. She had the most power in the situation. She's the change agent and I love that. It's not often you get to see you know, a strong, sassy little girl make changes like that happen. And I really loved that aspect of it. Um, so I think overall, I usually rate out a 10. Um, I'm going to give this, let's call it seven out of 10 yogurt raisins because those are delicious. And I have a box of them in my kitchen. Too true. Just a side note, character Julia, the little girl is played by Ariana Greenblatt. Nailed it. Who I've Nailed it. Uh, yeah, a beautiful performance. Huge part in the book. I thought they were just going to admit her completely because those complex emotions are in the book. And they didn't. And it, you're right. It was a very cool surprise. Davey, who loved this the most, I believe, uh, why don't you give us your final thoughts? I mean, I, I kind of did. I I don't know. I, I'm i not coming at it like, oh, I love this movie. Like, this is great. I think a lot of it was just I was really, I was shocked at how much how gen like like you guys said how genuine it was and how thoughtful it was and how much of a breath of fresh air it was especially coming from disney and on disney plus i mean not counting hamilton because that's not a movie it's a film stage performance this is the first original film and i'm i would argue first piece of original content from disney plus again outside of hamilton that i really connected with that i really enjoyed Noel was bad, Lady and the Tramp and Artemis Fowl are both fucking terrible. And this <laughs> was really sweet and really genuine. I mean, this isn't like a great film. Um, and my rating might shock at how I guess low it might be, but I I enjoyed myself fully with this movie and the performances are good. The animation is like it's above par. Um I am a little sad that this did not get the theatrical release it was originally intended to, but also, I know just like the Pete's Dragon remake, this would have made no money. So I'm glad it's on Disney Plus so that people can watch it and deal with it in that way. Um, I give this 7.5 out of 10 Danny DeVito performances that are contractually obligated for a movie about a circus made by Disney. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> No, I'm kind of on the same page as all of you, really. This book is beloved in my family. The true story, uh, I don't care. An ape used to live in a confined space, got moved to a bigger space, magic. 
I think that's an interesting news report. But the story that was created about, uh, behind this, we love it in my house. I read this to my oldest son when he was just a wee little boy and had some fun conversations about the heavy themes in it with him. And I didn't think for a second they would even go halfway with those themes. So this was a pleasant surprise. I will say I was annoyed by a lot of the other animals. I think Danny DeVito is an amazing voice performer. I love his shtick, but he was also the only animal that did the obligatory fart joke that all of these need to have when there's talking animals. So that made me cringe a little bit. There's a couple other cringy moments like that. I'm shocked that Sam Rockwell is such a good voice actor also. A sequence in which he remembers the face of his father, and he has it was raised by a human, but obviously came from apes. That was a gorgeous sequence to me, and the way that his voice cracks on the pain of memory. The themes this brings up, he's living in a cage physically, but the apes got a cage around his mind metaphorically. It's a beautiful story. Love Stella even though it was a very short performance by Angelina Jolie. She's great. The little ruby elephant, just as adorable as it was reading about to my little boy at the time. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 horrible security guards. (laughs) So you guys ever been to a circus or? Mm -mm. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Just me. I've been to a few. (laughs) <laughs> no, I've been to My life is enough of a circus. Yeah. Oh, well, see there you go. <laughs> I, I was I was waiting on one of you to say, of course, Brad, we're living it every day. Hashtag twenty twenty. What? Now this isn't a circus. This is like an apocalypse. The circus is the one of us uh Slack channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just all of us just like running in a circle, making jokes, and Chris being like, guys, please do work. Please stop what's happening. And it's great. Yeah. We have channels just for you to say all this silly stuff on. Please stop using the other ones. (laughs) No. (laughs) Support your uh, favorite content creators, everybody. Thanks for listening.